0: One, two, three, do it. Oh. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, he'll fire to the right
1: side, caught by Diggs, Stay oh, my god, oh my god, oh my god, hey. it's already, no K, left. touchdown! Oh. Are you
0: kidding the me? Finish. It's a
1: Alright, alright, we're coming back in for another edition of the Scolders podcast. I'm your host, Ed Marco With me, as always, Mike Anderson. How are we doing tonight, Mike?
0: Uh, doing well. You know, got a little football under the belt, so that's always a good thing.
1: Yes, sir, yes, sir. First official week of preseason done. I know we had the Hall of Fame game, but, I mean, as much as preseason doesn't count, the Hall of Fame game is like Uber doesn't count.
0: Right, right. It's-
1: well, we got some we got some preseason football, not a whole lot of the starters playing, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, wanted to touch on real quick, Mike, before we start here. Last podcast, we talked about quite possibly one of the most ridiculous headlines I think I'd ever see in football. Okay. Yeah. Antonio Brown with the frostbitten feet. Yeah. What yeah. was it, like two days later? maybe No, the next day. The next day, it came out that uh, Antonio Brown would not play. If he couldn't use the same helmet. Now this yep. this is a model that wasn't explicitly banned, but it was not. I don't think it's been approved. It hasn't been manufactured for quite a while. Um, players that used to wear this, I think, were Tom Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers, a couple other. Like it was popular among skill players because it was apparently a very lightweight helmet. Okay.
0: Also, didn't I hear visibility as well?
1: That yeah, that could be because my guess is it's it's probably smaller on the head, so you get more visibility. You don't have as much going out right. out to the sides and blocking. And then now the arbitrator in the whole grievance, whatever, decided that he he cannot wear his his helmet that he has brought to camp. However, you pointed yeah. out to me here that there's a loophole. Can you explain this loophole, Mike? Uh
0: yeah, this information just just came out and. I guess the NFL has approved uh, him wearing the helmet, but he needs to find one uh, that is less than 10 years old.
1: Which so. which could be a feat, given that they don't make him anymore and they haven't made him for a while. But I guess that's a possibility, which is going to be an interesting storyline to watch, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, you know, he... Obviously, he has the resources, so you would think if one exists, he can find it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Other than that, you know, I would think that he can't just have them make one. Uh, but then again, you never know where this is going to go. Again, the Raiders, just a, a unique, unique situation on what seems like a daily uh, and certainly weekly basis.
1: Raider's going to raid, my friend. Raider's going to raid. So, despite him claiming that he's going to retire if he doesn't figure that out, apparently he posted that, oh, he's getting ready to join back his teammates, whatever. That's not our problem. That's the Raiders' problem. Raiders, man, you got a prima donna there, honestly. Like, this is ridiculous. But it's funny from an outsider's standpoint to, to look at this and be like, wow, that's what you guys get to deal with. Yep. But moving on to Vikings news, I think this went down what late yesterday. The Vikings had a trade, Mike. Trade they did. traded fifth round pick in twenty twenty for drumroll, Mike. Yep,
0: yep, yep.
1: I think it's Corey Vedvik. I believe is is how you pronounce it, which is a punter slash kicker. From the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Yeah. More kicker drama.
1: Hashtag kicker watch 2019. It's alive and well, Mike. It's alive and well. Apparently. Thoughts on this, Mike. I I know you have some thoughts.
0: Oh, I've got thoughts. But uh, let it be known that we currently do not know the plan. Uh, Essentially... Came over for Baltimore. This is a player that last year was expected to be traded. There was some interest, but then uh, actually got, it sounds like he got assaulted and got, uh, you know, hurt pretty bad. Basically couldn't play football last year. And now is back, uh, you know, obviously Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers I would say of all time on that team. So they're pretty well set. And so, you know, it sounds like they essentially shopped him out. Vikings, I think what fifth round pick we gave up for him. Correct. Yep. Uh, it sounds like he punts. He can kick field goals. Uh, I think I saw videos where he can make them with both, le- like from both legs.
1: Yeah, which is uh, ridiculous, but I love it.
0: Yeah, just some versatility. So, I, I mean, my thought is that Bailey is still going to end up being the kicker, but you know, you never know. Um, I know Zimmer was asked about it today and he said to give give us a week uh, and that right now, you know, they need to let things play out, see how stuff goes. So, you know, I don't have too much of at least elaborative thoughts at this point in time. Um, And I really don't know, I don't know what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a confusing move, um, but I guess not so much given the history of the team. Uh, one thing I want to circle around back to, um, you mentioned he was assaulted last year and was placed on, uh, I believe it was non-football injury list. I think the thought was last year is they were going to try to move him um, prior to that happening. Um, so obviously they had to eat a year there where he, where he couldn't play. He couldn't, they couldn't trade him because it, he was just not in plain shape. So... It's worth noting that the Ravens have been extremely prolific at identifying kickers in uh, the tenure of the uh, I believe it was the the GM or the assistant GM in their tenure because they've identified Hauschka, they've identified Gano, they've identified Tucker, all these guys that are top in the league. Um, and this is just just another guy that they've they found and identified and developed, and he's apparently been crushing it. So. I think for the Vikings, it is a move that makes a lot of sense when you know that you've dumped pick after pick in the last several years into kickers, and you haven't been able to find one worth their salt. And now all of a sudden, you're trading for one, and yes, a fifth-round pick is high draft capital, but if you understand that you have a gap, and you know that another team is prolific at, at finding those types of players... That specific position group. Go out and just just understand. Okay, yeah, I we suck at drafting kickers. Let's go to let's go to a team, and trade away our draft capital, at a team that's very good at developing and identifying kickers.
0: Right. No, I I mean I think the, you know the the stigma the situation with kickers here has been one we've referenced it time and time again. Uh, you know, so maybe this will be the guy that sticks here for many, many years. Obviously, as a younger, uh, younger player, and you know, I think you're right. The track record exists. It's almost like DB is here. Um, so if this pans out, it'll be great. I'm not going to have a problem with that. But I think again, this is a team that can't afford. You look at the Green Bay game last year, um, a game which ultimately had pretty big implications for the Vikings. And it's because the kicker missed three times. You, you know, we can't, we can't have that on a team like this. So right. uh, we'll see. I think it still probably ends up with Bailey uh, as the kicker right now. That's that's my gut. But um, it's certainly an intriguing uh, intriguing move. You know, I didn't really see that coming.
1: All right, so if piggybacking off what you just said, if you think Bailey is still going to be the kicker moving forward, what does that mean for Matt Wiley? I mean, you don't invest this kind of a trade if you don't intend to roster this guy. Now, if he's a no. punter slash kicker, what does that mean for Matt Wiley? No,
0: I agree. I think, I think Wiley is probably the guy that I would lean toward is, is going to be gone. Um, and then, you know, maybe he starts out punting this year. Uh, if Bailey is successful, you know, we go through the year this way. I don't think Bailey necessarily has a ton of time left, but then again, kickers can kick for quite a while and Bailey can make it from, you know, mid fifties. So it's not like he doesn't have the leg anymore. Uh, But, you know, I think Bailey signed a one year deal only Uh, one year
1: deal, fairly minimal cost. I think like only like 200 K if it's guaranteed or something like that.
0: Right. So, yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think that's, Probably where I'm leaning, but again, I think Bailey will probably stay on this team right now at least. But I know this is fresh information, so uh, you know, let's let this play out a little bit. And I think it should become more and more clear day after day,
1: right? And I think you just got here like literally under 24 hours ago, so we just kind of got to see where he, he starts doing stuff and, and kind of see where he ranks in kicks um, on both sides. Um, So to piggyback off of that, you said, you know, you think Dan Bailey's a guy, but what does what does this kind of mean for the future there? If if you get a guy that can do both, are you actually going to run with one guy to do both? Or is this kind of like maybe more of a long-term plan-ish type deal?
0: I don't, I don't know. I've read that it hasn't really been done and, you know, a kicker, (laughs) if you lose your kicker, you know, it's, it's a little bit of an issue as we've seen, so uh to have the risk of having him out there um you know for punts as well you, you know I don't know but at the same time if you can have one guy that can do both it frees up an additional roster spot right and then also maybe you only carry two quarterbacks and now it's an additional spot like you you're gaining a ton of flexibility uh by doing some of these things
1: absolutely so I, for me I I think I tend to agree a lot with the the sentiment that I think it might be a little bit too much risk to put all of your kicking eggs in one basket. Um, I just think if you lose one of them, you can kind of muddle through. You can you can either not go for that super long field goal if your kicker goes down and just go for the chip shots or more or less the chip shots that your punter should be able to do and, and vice versa. If your punter goes down, you probably have someone on the team that can decently punt it, right? You lose both of those, all of a sudden your special teams is an absolute mess. And now you're really in trouble for the rest of the game. And that really hinders what you can do. So, as much as I think that roster spot is valuable, I don't think that's what they're they're playing for here. Yeah. If, I, if, if I had to venture a guess, what my guess is, is I kind of saw what Bailey was capable of, saw his kind of range, and understood, okay, his... his Big leg is dropping off a little bit. Let's bring in this Vedvik guy, and he has what what looks to be a more powerful leg, right? So he can kick the the longer field goals if we absolutely need like a sixty-three. Throw a Vedvik out there, and he can kick the sixty-three. Otherwise, you're throwing out Bailey there, and you're like your your fifties and, and closer. You have Vedvik as your kickoff specialist, with the, which isn't uncommon. I don't know how many in the league do that, but I think a lot of punters. Not a lot, but a handful of punters take on kickoff duties just because they have they can have a more powerful leg and specialize in that. And then you have Vedvik as your punter. Long-term plan, so if that's the plan going into 2019, long-term plan, maybe Bailey kicks out of his mind and he's going to command $4, $5, 6000000 million a year. The Vikings wouldn't necessarily have to invest that if Vedvik turns out to be a really decent kicker because they can shift him to kicker, and he's cost-controlled through 2021, right? So then all you're doing is you're trying to find a punter that can kick somewhere in the, in the range that he was capable of, which, I mean, isn't necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's not the hardest spot to replace on a team.
0: Right. No, I, I like that thought process. I mean, Bailey would have to be... I mean, essentially, lights out, lights out to get that kind of money. I think what we brought him in for $2.5 year one, uh, something I think less more than that. he's getting now. But, yeah, um, I agree. I think there's going to be a cost savings there, and I just I, – I don't know. I, I think Bailey's got, again, the veteran kicker. I do think he's going to be just fine this year. So that's where I'm at right now. I like the plan you just laid out, and I think that it'll just – it's going to become a little bit more clear here probably – pretty
1: soon. Yeah, like we said, he just got into town now, so I think this week you're going to see maybe a little more clarity in the direction that we go. And I mean, to, to the point Zimmer made today, um, well, the next topic we're going to talk about is cutting down the long snappers. Just pairing that down as quick as you can just gets that chemistry started better. It just gets everything more smooth and locked in to that rhythm that that group needs to have moving forward. Um, So I got to imagine that they're trying to they're trying to figure out what they have relatively quickly, so they can make that decision and just stick. Yeah, because that's that's going to be key going into the season is having that consistency.
0: Well, and that's why I thought you know when we we talked about when they made the draft uh, of cutting, it you're not probably going to invest in a guy there you know especially for that position have him get. Uh, the, the military requirement waived. You know, you're not going to go through that much work if he's not going to ultimately end up being the guy. So why did we go through, you know, a couple weeks here with uh, still Kevin McDermott and, and split yeah. snaps? I agree with you. I think maybe they could have made this move a little bit earlier, uh, but, you know, maybe they had to make sure that <laughs> there was at least something there to start. But it's, I think it's good that they made the move now start to get a little bit of consistency, but then, of course, now you bring in another kicker. So, Great. You
1: know. Yeah, you, you kind of reset, you press the reset button on that a little bit, and I, I, think, I think you kind of nailed it there. I think they wanted to bring in cutting to make sure, to verify, okay, this is what we saw, this is what we're getting, this is an NFL setting. Uh, he's had some reps against a team coming at him, you know, that kind of drill, and he's holding up fine. Now we can make the move to cut McDermott. And I like that they're doing it early enough in the off season where McDermott can maybe have a chance to 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 latch on to another team because he was a constant pro when he was here, did a phenomenal job with us. Um, so wish him the best. But yeah, Cutting makes the grade. I bet you're expecting the pun there, hey, hey there Mike. Yeah, yeah, that was. It's, it's it, that one's too cheap. I I can't make that one. But so like I said, Austin Cutting. He's now the long snapper. Um, and now we have what I'm calling two punters. And I, I think I think we agree that's a, the, the most logical path for Vedvik right now. Two punters on the roster. We got to get this thing figured out. We got to get this solidified moving forward. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the realistic timetable is of that.
0: T- to get everything figured out?
1: Yeah, to, to figure out exactly where they want to go and just pull the trigger and just go. i got to well, imagine if they're investing this capital, it's got to be soon.
0: Well, I, I think, like like I said, Zim said to give them a week. Uh, you know, I would assume get to that next game. And you're, you're already starting to clear the path a little bit here. Uh, but I agree, the sooner the, the better because that's going to be a key component and we have a couple of, you know, difficult games early on in the season where... Uh, you know, we're going to need accuracy and consistency with the kicker, and I need Bailey to be able to know that the snap, the hold, everything's going to be good. Um, you know, got to make sure whoever is kicking there, presumably Bailey, has the peace of mind to just go up there and, and drill the kick.
1: So, Mike, I forget what our bet was, what your side of the bet was. If Bailey isn't the Vikings' kicker for the 2019, or he completely fails... What do I get in that side of the bet?
0: Well, i got to go re-listen to it because I'm pretty sure I brought that up as uh, I think we covered what was going to happen in that scenario.
1: But I, I forget what it was because I know if, if Bailey kicked for the Vikings and he was like lights out like, I think we said top five or something kicker, I was going to buy his jersey. Yeah. I forget what it was for you, but we'll, we'll have to go re-listen to that because this makes it entirely more interesting. Right. Y- are you scared about losing the bet there, Mike? Well, no, because I think
0: I'm viewing it as he's going to be the kicker. Uh, and I think if he ends up, they cut ties and they go with this this new guy, then uh, I'm pretty sure I already could, you know covered the out for myself on that, that scenario.
1: We'll have to look at the tape there. I, I'm not certain you covered yourself quite that well on there. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll, we'll find out. We'll get back to you. That's, that's another storyline for another day. Um, I guess last topic we need to cover... As we saw, the Vikings played the Saints. I don't even remember the final score. That's, that's so much um, the preseason uh, really doesn't matter. Was it 34-25? Yeah. I, I've been quoting 35-24, so I guess I had that slightly off um, all day. But Vikings win 34-25 to against the Saints in a meaningless game. But we saw the offense for a series. I know it's not much, but damn, that series looked good. I was able to yeah. catch it on the rewatch, and uh, wow, just everything seemed to be clicking very well. Um, now, how much can you read into this in, in, in the preseason? Is there anything here? Is there any any meat we can actually get off this bone?
0: Well, I think it's exciting, right? It was a new look. Um, you saw a lot of different players get involved. You saw Cousins scramble, and, you know, I think... Maybe we don't need to get too overhyped about it, but I, I think it's a positive situation, right? It's um, it's certainly better than the alternative where maybe they go three and out or cousin mm-hmm. throws a pick, and it's just everyone's all over the place. Uh, I think the players were excited. Everyone looked good, and I don't know. I was just it, it was incredible. I know uh, you know you were over. We were watching, and I just said that that's about as good as it could possibly look. Uh, on that, and it's one series, and let's just keep growing on it. Um, you know, I, I think it's just you don't want to take too much, uh, from again, pre season one where not a lot of starters are necessarily all in, but um, I would say it went as well as it possibly could, so you know, just kind of check the game off the list and move forward.
1: Yeah, I've looked at some of the uh, the replays that have been out there in the Twitter sphere. Um, with guys kind of cutting up the, the zone blocking scheme that we executed. And from what I've seen and from what um, the more astute O-line minds than mine have said is we executed that very well with, with some of the guys we had in there. Like I think Drew Samia, he was in there, and he had a couple of really nice plays. Um, when the first team offense was in there, obviously he had, I don't think he had Delvin in there, he didn't have um, O'Neal in there, but from what it looked like, they were executing that scheme very well which is a good sign this early in the preseason because it means that they understand it they're able to execute it and that should only get better as they get more and more reps and more and more time um, so i i think i'm with you it's, it's the, as good as it can go and that's that's only a good sign that's 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 all it can be at this point
0: yep yep agreed
1: so looking forward to Next week, Mike, we play the Seattle Seahawks with your favorite NFL player. He's coming to town. I love it. Do you have his jersey yet? Do you have Russell's jersey yet? No, but I might. I might get one.
0: Really? No, I'm not going to get one of those. At one point, I had hopes that somehow he'd end up here, but, what, he just signed a $140 million deal out there? So I don't think he's going anywhere.
1: All right, okay pete carroll rings you up mike and and you're your, uh your gm rick okay yeah he rings up and says okay straight up i'll give you russell for cousins and digs do you do it Ooh. <sighs> probably not probably not he says okay that's the right answer mike that's the right answer So Seahawks, I mean, again, another preseason game. There's not really a lot of game planning going on. But we should see a little bit more of the starters. It's typically what happens in the second preseason game. Obviously, the third preseason game is pretty much the dress rehearsal. Fourth one is just all backups. But what are you specifically going to be looking for in that second preseason game? What what, Uh, what should we try to be excited about going into that?
0: Well, I mean, I think, again, you're going to be looking for a lot of the same things, right? Consistency on the offensive side of the ball. I think you get a couple more. You you nailed it, right? You're going to get a little bit of a longer look at some of these players. Um, I'm probably going to continue to watch the offensive line. Uh, that's going to continue to be a focus, I think, through the entire preseason. For me, it's not going to change too much on a game-to-game basis uh, in the preseason. I guess going into that fourth game, uh, certainly we'll probably know what the big position battles are to watch. Uh, And, then you know, a lot of times are often won in that fourth game. Um, But really, uh, it's just a longer look is how I look at this second game. So, again, quite a bit of the same. And um, maybe see a little bit more on the the defensive side of the ball. Uh, But, you know, I'm still thinking we're going to have a few of those players that didn't play this week that probably are not going to play next week. And the one other thing I would say is there's a chance that you might see Delvin I know Zim was asked about it today, and he said that Dalvin will play in the preseason. Um, He made he made the call not to play him this week because I guess they just had brand new turf put in. Uh, Supposedly it was finished up a couple days ago, and just I mean Zim made the call before learning that, but I think he just said that reaffirmed the fact that he wasn't going to risk it. But you know, so maybe Dalvin, maybe that'll be a player that we could get a look at.
1: Yeah, obviously the home field, so you kind of understand that's kind of a bit more controlled condition, so um, I, I would love to see Delvin in there, you know, obviously I don't think we need to see much of him, just let him get in there, get some full speed reps, get some full speed hits on him, um, it, it's been a long off season, and that's one thing that, that you you can never really get an appreciation for every year until you, you feel that first crack of the pads. Um, I'm just looking for hopefully we can get Brian O'Neill in there and get the, the full starting five O alignment in there. So I want to see what they're capable of. So I want to see that for at least a drive. Um, I think this season is going to be make or break on that unit as a whole. If that unit survives well, we're going to be in good shape. We're going to be able to run the ball at will, and we should be opening up a lot of uh, receiving lanes. If they fall apart, if they don't meet expectations the season is going to fall apart. Right. So that's what we're looking for in Seattle. Um, Anything else here, Mike, before we close uh, this episode?
0: Uh, The one thing I thought I'd touch back on was, I guess the defense looked fantastic today Um, in camp. I read that uh, Kendricks had a couple of interceptions. Barr was jacked up. Everson Griffin was going, playing strong. Um, it, It sounded like they were really pushing the offense. Uh, get in their heads, getting some frustration. So I think knowing how well that offense just played in the preseason, granted it was one series, um, just to know that hey, because we brought up should we be concerned about the defense, you know, recently and Zim saying I hadn't seen a lot out of it, it sounds like today, um, you know, I-, I wonder if there wasn't a little bit of all the talk is about the offense and how great they looked and things. And I wonder if it's just also in the defense said, Hey, we're we're still here. You know, and and they're finally starting to bring that a little bit more, but definitely exciting on the other side of the ball. Just figured I'd mention that I had I had heard that today.
1: I had not seen that, so yeah, it's definitely a good point to bring up. Like we said, I think we're giving more credit to the offense and necessarily a detriment to the defense. But I mean, like we said before, iron sharpens iron. Good defense is just going to produce better and better offense. And that battle in practice, that battle in camp, is only going to produce a better product on either side.
0: Yep. No, I mean, can't can't disagree with that.
1: I guess one thing that we forgot to mention for the Seattle preview. We have a new kicker to look out for, Mike. What is going to happen there? So special teams might be the most interesting phase of that football game.
0: Yeah. Right. No, that's what we were saying. It's going to, I think this week it'll, we'll get it certainly a game plan from Zimmer on what they're going to do in the Seattle game. Um, so that'll be something that we can watch. And then, uh, you know, I would expect that decision, like you said, to be made sooner than later. And, you know, hopefully maybe at this point we're done shuffling players around for the most part and we can just start to focus on football.
1: Yeah, we can only hope, Mike, but uh, I have a feeling there's going to be a couple other surprises going on at this uh, this camp just feels like there's something else coming just feels like it's not set yet so we'll find yep. out we'll get closer after that fourth preseason game i think they have like 48 hours or something like that to submit the the 53 so we're mere a couple weeks away from that and a couple short weeks away from the official start of the nfl season
0: yeah september 7th i think
1: something like that yeah it's uh we're getting we're getting there close and uh Man, there's not a lot of time left. So if you're not hyped yet, I don't, I don't know how to help you. Just get on our level here. We're let's, we're, we're ready to go. I'm in. All right, that's gonna do it for us, the Scolders podcast, part now of the Daily Norseman uh, podcast network, um, along with the Equipment Pocket podcast network. If you need to reach out to me, comments, questions, you know, we we try to try to. Integrate the fans as much as we can. If you got something that, that you think we should be talking about, hey, let us know on Twitter. We, we might talk about it. It might be interesting enough that we think we need to talk about it. Um, I'm at Namok7 on the Twitter.
0: Uh, Muskie underscore Mike.
1: That's going to do for us. Skull Vikes, baby. Skull.